right, we're on lesson five out of our book. Lesson one was members one of another, then to love one another. Lesson two, admonish one another. Lesson three, lesson four last week was serve one another. And today's lesson is to be kind one to another. It's kind of interesting as I've been going through this, it really... um, it ties in, it's kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with pride in the, the book of Obadiah. You'll see some, some similarities, it's just like the Lord's um, trying to teach us uh, some things here, tie a lot of things together. So let's first of all, let's turn to our text in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, if you would turn there. It's verses 25 through 32, Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. And could I get a volunteer to read this portion of Scripture? All right, Brother Mike. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil. But him that stole, steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. What a good portion of Scripture, a lot in that Scripture there we're going to be talking about. Um, if you've ever turned on the television, read a news article or seen social media posts today, You probably notice that we live in, is rife with rage. (laughs) We often hear reports of protests like hate mongering and slandering in our angry society. It seems people can no longer disagree, but but still be kind to one another. Instead, they yell, curse, swear, and even wear t-shirts with profanity. Sometimes we wonder what happened to kindness. Kindness is essential for strong relationships. And I thought this was an interesting study here conducted in 2003. 16,000 people from 37 different cultures were surveyed on the qualities of good relationships. Each subject was asked, what is the most desirable quality in a spouse? For both men and women, the first preference was kindness. Mark Twain once said, kindness is a language that deaf people can hear and that blind people can see. Two research studies conducted in 2016 found some telling statistics. 53% of Americans have quit buying from a company because of uncivil employees. And 34% experience regular incivility at work. 25% of Americans have experienced incivility or cyberbullying online nearly tripled the rate from 2011. Wonder what it is now. 74% of Americans believe that manners and civil behavior have deteriorated 
in the USA over the past decades. A quarter of Americans use extremely crude profanity on a daily basis. According to a 2018 poll, 31% of Americans think that it is likely that we will have a civil war within the next five years, 2018-2023. So we're going to start out with our first word, the blank, with kindness. And just yell it out when you get it. Conflict. The conflict with kindness. So why is it that we do not see more kindness in our society, even among Christians? Ephesians 4 gives needful insight. Our relationship issue often begins with mishandled anger. In verse 26 of our text, the Bible warns us about the danger of angry. It says, Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. It is true that there are instances in which anger is righteous or justified. Even Jesus demonstrated such anger. In John 2, 14-16, found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, take these things, hence make not my father's house and house of merchandise. But unlike man, however, Jesus was always perfectly angry at sin, but not at people. And that's going to be a recurring thing here. His anger caused him to uphold righteousness. Unlike the anger we display as a reaction when someone offends us, righteous indignation is directed toward a problem, not a person. Matthew Henry said, If we would be angry and sin and not sin, we must be angry at nothing but sin. And we should be more jealous for the glory of God than for any interest or reputation of our own. When someone gets angry, there will often be a sin that accompanies that anger. This is because our anger is usually self-centered. Our feelings were hurt. Our rights were violated. Our efforts were unrecognized. Notice that there is only one letter difference between the word anger and danger. Anger leads to sin. And sinful actions will follow. The Bible tells us that we ought to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. In James 1, 19 through 20. You know, it's helpful to remember that God gave us two ears and one mouth. That kind of sounds like something your mom always would say to you, doesn't it? <laughs> the problem with anger is that it makes us speak quickly, giving a piece of our minds before we really have listened and understood the situation. Anybody fall into that one? Yeah. <laughs> Man's anger seldom, if ever, leads people to God, if ever leads people to God's righteousness. Rather, it reveals our carnality and self-centeredness and usually leads to more sin. Benjamin Franklin said, Whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. Sinful anger provokes thoughts of revenge and justification of our own actions. If we want relationships that are characterized by kindness, they will not be developed. Through anger. Anger conflicts 
with kindness. And it also brings damage to something else. And I almost gave it away. Oh, we forgot to do this. This is a conflict of anger. A what of testimony? I know. Yep, you got a corruption. Leads to a corruption of testimony. The longer we hold our anger, the more we will hurt our testimony. This is why verse 26 warns us, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The word wrath means intense anger, rage, fury. It is defined as any action carried out in great anger, especially for punishment or vengeance. When we let anger seethe within us, even going to bed with it at the end of the day and continue unresolved, it affects our attitude toward people and produces the opposite results of a demeanor of kindness. Eventually, that anger will boil over in other ways, damaging our relationships. And again, think about this morning's uh, Sunday school lesson with the Edomites. God instructs us to address problems swiftly and graciously because unresolved anger develops into bitterness. <laughs> we heard that this morning. Bitterness not only hinders us from demonstrating kindness toward the person with whom we are angry, but it also defiles us. Hebrews 12:15. looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. When we harbor bitterness in our hearts, our minds will constantly dwell on the subject of our bitterness. These thoughts poison us as well as everyone around us. If we allow anger and bitterness to corrupt our hearts, we will never be able to consistently show the kindness of God. A husband and wife were celebrating their 50th anniversary. A young acquaintance of theirs who was just engaged asked them for the most helpful thing they had done over their five decades of marriage. Yeah, you feel it coming, don't you hear? The husband replied, we never go to sleep angry with each other. The young man was impressed until the wife chimed in and said, the longest we ever had to stay awake was a week. <laughs> now, verse 27 of our text says, neither give place to the devil. When we hold on to our angle, we are inviting Satan to take advantage of our uncontrolled thinking. That is something you need to think about. Because we're all there. We're mad at something and but it gives place to the devil. That's what it's saying. He, he can move in. He's seeking about whom he may devour, right? This is, this is his move in. To give place, to give opportunity or power for acting. When we handle anger wrongly, we open the door for Satan to enter our lives and to influence it, allowing him to fill our mind with thoughts we would normally dismiss. Satan is real and hates the cause of Christ. He wants us to give him just enough room to ruin our testimony. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 2 that bitterness is one of the devices Satan uses to gain an advantage over us. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. 
lest Satan should get an advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. The battle with Satan is a spiritual one, one that we need to be constantly fighting against and use every spiritual resource God has given to us. We cannot afford to give him the upper hand in our lives. When we allow ourselves to get angry and bitter with someone or a situation, Satan is surely to take advantage of us and diminish our testimony. Anger is always going to be in conflict with kindness. We cannot be people whose relationships are characterized by kindness and at the same time be people filled with anger. So we have the conflict with kindness here. Now we have the what of kindness. Communication. The communication of kindness. Before we can communicate kindness, it's useful to first understand what kindness is. Verse 29 of our text instructs us to communicate that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Edification is something every person needs and is something that Christians who know and walk with the Lord are in a position to give to others. As Charles Spurgeon said, no matter what good truths you have to teach, no one will thank you if you do not speak kindly. The word minister in verse 29 means to give of one's own accord, to bestow a gift, to supply, and the word grace refers to goodwill and loving kindness. What does kindness look like in our communication? For one, it is not what? Good, good one, but not corrupt. It is not corrupt. When we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, it almost always comes out our mouths. We talked about this this morning too. Our text refers to this as corrupt communication. The word corrupt means rotten, putrefied, unfit for use. What we speak in anger always turns out unpleasant. Our angry words can be cruel and harmful. Mary had a tough day at school and started complaining about it as soon as she got home. She moaned, nobody loves me. The whole school hates me. The whole world hates me. Her brother hardly looked up as he replied, that's not true, Mary. Some people don't even know you. <laughs> the words we have have huge influence on the hearer. Corrupt words will tear people down, but kind words will build them up. Proverbs 18:21: death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Not only is communication of kindness, it's not corrupt, it is edifying. It is edifying. Our words should be good for others. You know, the Bible uses that a lot. I mean, it's constant. that's what we're supposed to do is edify one another. Our words should be good for others, uplifting, encouraging them. God instructs us to use our speech for edifying, which means to build up or strengthen. Edification is something every person needs. We can all benefit from a kind word. 
Verse 29 tells us that edifying speech will minister grace to the hearers. Grace is the inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And we can minister grace to others by our very words. The best example of ministering grace is his speech. Is grace in his speech was the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 4, 22, and, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Let us seek to follow Christ's example and speak with kind, wise, truthful, and encouraging words that will minister grace to others. The challenge for us comes in responding with edifying words when someone does something that would usually provoke anger. God instructs us to respond with edifying words rather than responding with anger. We know the phrase to give someone a piece of your mind. <laughs> but what if instead we gave them words of grace? What would happen if you went to your unfair boss after a rough day and said, thanks for all you do around here? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what would happen if when you did not make the sports team, you went to the coach and offered, could I help keep stats? What would happen if you wrote a congratulatory letter to the one who got the promotion or the parent of the child who did a little better than yours? What would happen if you wrote a thank you letter to the teacher who had to give you some bad news? Where's Abby needs that one. Huh? <laughs> Trying to minister grace to someone through our kind words goes against our natural selfish inclination, but God will surely reward us for choosing to obey him. The Bible further tells us that when we speak unkind words, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Verse 30 instructs us, And give not the Holy Spirit of God, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. We are called to be gracious, not grievous. When we are saved, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit who will never leave us. However, it is possible for us to grieve the Spirit. When we speak unkind words to someone, it not only grieves the recipient, but the Holy Spirit too. We need to be careful that none of our actions or words cause the Spirit sorrow or offense. Or offense. Verse 31 instructs us to put off all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and, mal and malice. But this is an interesting, I've, I've never seen this, maybe somebody else has. A rattlesnake, if cornered, will sometimes become so angry it will bite itself, infusing itself with its own poison. This is the way hate and resentment that we harbor works in our lives. It fills us with poison and is like the rattlesnake biting himself. Destructive attitudes only lead to grievous consequences. If we are not just, if we are just another angry person in the office, how will our colleagues see any difference in us as Christians? Is our poor attitude preventing someone from desiring to come to know the Lord? You know, uh, there was a fella I'll never forget at Giant Food, and he was a little different, but he's a Christian, but he, he really held himself that way. He, I think he was a little slow, <laughs> Um, but he always did his job the best he could. He, he, he always 
like was kind. He was made fun of a lot, but I tell you what, he stood out. Everybody knew that what he was doing was because he was a Christian. How far do we stand out? When we speak evil, we grieve the Holy Spirit and hurt others. But if we communicate kindness through edifying words, we build up, strengthen, and encourage one another. So there's the conflict with kindness, the communication of kindness, and then yes, it does start with a C, the what of kindness. Characteristics. The characteristics of kindness. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32 The word kind in verse 32 means virtuous, benevolent, or mild. While the world expresses itself in anger, hate, and protests, we as Christians ought to demonstrate kindness so that others can see the light of Christ in us. Kindness is what? G. Gentle. Uh, I spelled that wrong. I sure did. Well, I notice, <laughs> I notice, Christian. He's a new guy at work, and he's an engineering student. And I know he's an engineering student because he spelled screws S K R E W S. <laughs> That's an engineer. They're known for misspelling stuff. <laughs> And John says, well, yeah. <laughs> oh. Another way we demonstrate kindness is by having strong sympathy. Ooh, I went ahead and skipped something here. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Titus 3.2, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. That's an interesting thing when, you know, if you're called to, to be a pastor or deaconess, you know, you're, you're to, to have yourself in check. You're not to be a brawler. Uh, and it's interesting, there, I've heard of a pastor who was known kind of for a brawling, <laughs> and he had some, he was a really great guy, but uh, he had some troubles in that, that area. Many people view gentleness as a sign of weakness. On the contrary, gentleness, now listen to this, does not demonstrate a lack of strength or toughness. It demonstrates strength to remain controlled regardless of the aggravation. 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. William Ward once said, Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, 
and I will not forget you. Are your relationships characterized by kindness? Do you give encouraging words to others? There are people around you who could greatly benefit from a kind word. Why not be the instrument of God's kindness to them? You never know how your demonstration of kindness can make a big difference in someone's life. You know, um, just depending on where you're at in life, I just know my wife is in a position when she goes up to close to home, you're dealing with older people that sometimes feel lousy. And, uh, and the, the workers up there, I mean, they're up and down, and sometimes they'll just give it to you. I, you know, Patty may think it's personal, and, uh, but a lot of times it's just finding somebody to lash out and just take their anger out on. And she has to really work on not getting her feelings hurt, saying a kind word back and responding the right way. But kindness is gentle. And then kindness is compassionate. Compassionate. Another way we demonstrate kindness is by having strong sympathy or compassion toward others. We see this in Ephesians 4.32 with the word tenderhearted which means having strong inward compassion, sympathetic. It's easy to get irritated at people. I thought I'd hear a bunch of amens right there. <laughs> but it's Christ-like to be compassionate toward them. Have you ever considered that the person who annoys you might be going through a tough time? That cranky colleague of yours might be having a difficult marriage? That unfriendly lady might have just received a negative diagnosis. Whatever problems people face, an encouraging word will definitely do more to uplift them than your criticism. Who's, uh, is it Stephen Covey? Covey? Who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? He kind of opens that up with this scene of this father and some kids getting on a bus, and the kids are just like unruly on the bus and they're running back and forth and the, and the dad's kind of like just not doing much about it. And uh, so finally someone gets up to him and kind of gets and says, you know, aren't you going to do something about your children here? You know, they're misbehaving. And he says, yeah, he said, I, I kind of understand. I guess you know, we just left the hospital. Their mother just passed away. You know, that kind of shows difference. A lot of times people are what they are because they're, they've got something they're dealing with. Are you a tender-hearted person? You do not have to be reminded of a need repeatedly before wanting to help. Rather, you seek to care for others whenever you can. Compassion is expressed in caring action. It goes beyond merely feeling sympathetic and seeks to relieve the pain someone else's experience. Our emotions are no substitute for our action. Having compassion will not only cause us to show acts of kindness, but also lead us to forgive others and to give sacrificially. When the indebted servant begged for the king for mercy, the compassionate king was moved to forgive him and waived the debt owed. In Matthew 18, 27, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Likewise, the kindness of the persecuted Christians 
in Hebrews 10.34 motivated them to give their earthly possessions, knowing that they had a heavenly, lasting possession awaiting them. Hebrews 10.34, For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Kindness is gentle and compassionate. When we communicate it in our everyday lives, we reflect the love and sympathy of God. As Christians, let us seek to be ministers of grace and communicate kindness to those around us. The conclusion, the solution to the anger we see around us is simple. We need to communicate kindness. We can minister grace to others by speaking encouraging words or showing compassion. The reason Charles, who is not a Christian, is in our Bible study is because he's been showed kindness. He enjoys that. He sees that. He feels that. And that's why he comes. The kindest person who ever walked on this earth was Jesus Christ. He healed the blind and sick and fed the hungry. He was wounded for our transgression. He commended his love toward us and died for us while we were yet sinners. Romans 5 eight. For God commendeth his love toward us and while, that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So what, kind, what kindness and love he has bestowed upon us. The same Savior calls us to be kind to one another. Would you be obedient and heed his call to kindness today? Let's pray. Father, we've explored this thought of kindness. It's kind of easy to identify because we know what it is not. When we get angry and we're critical, that's, that's man. And it works not the righteousness of God. And so we need to take a deep breath when we feel those feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness and wrath and all those things, Lord God. And then think that the right response is to say something kind, to say something edifying, to say, say something that will build up, to listen to what people are saying, to to listen to what God is saying about that person and what that need is. Put ourselves aside and our feelings and our flesh and seek to minister. And so, Father, help us to have that patience one with another as no doubt each of us will burst out in, in wrong words. And uh, may we just have, may we minister grace to the hearers. For we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.